Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you haven't already done so, please make sure the volume of this podcast is set perfectly to your listening enjoyment. Please take your seat, whether that's on the treadmill, car, sofa, or bed, and buckle in for the last trip. My name is Jamie Beebe, and I'll be your tour guide, recreating someone's last days in paradise. On behalf of myself and everyone behind the scenes, please enjoy the Last Trip podcast. And because nobody likes a long flight to get to where they want to be, let's prepare for takeoff. Our victim today is Allison McKenzie, a 43-year-old woman from Prescott, Arizona, who traveled with her 58-year-old boyfriend to Belize looking to purchase a vacation home in the country. She was last seen on the private island Rendezvous Key on January 17, 2020. While I haven't been to Belize, I'm going soon because diving the Blue Hole is a huge bucket list item for me. The Blue Hole is a giant underwater sinkhole with tons of marine life right off the coast. It's perfectly circular and has a really vivid blue color, hence the name. The Blue Hole was formed during the ice ages when sea levels were lower and the area was above water. And the ice melted and the sea levels rose, the sinkhole became submerged. It's about 70 kilometers or 43 miles off the mainland with a diameter of about 984 feet and a depth of over 394 feet. It's surrounded by shallow turquoise waters that gradually deepen as you approach the hole. It's supposed to be one of the best diving sites in the world, and there's really nothing like it anywhere else. I got my scuba certificate when I was traveling in Colombia so I could dive the Blue Hole when I went to Belize. But getting my certificate was a whole ordeal. I've seen plenty of scuba diving documentaries and it didn't look that hard, so I didn't watch the instructional videos beforehand. Let me tell you, I should have watched the videos before jumping into the ocean in a scuba suit and air tank. Also, I don't speak Spanish, so when they were explaining everything, I had no idea what they were even saying. And since I didn't watch the videos, I couldn't understand the hand signals when we were underwater either. I only freaked out once, but after I relaxed, it was totally amazing, and I highly recommend getting a scuba license because there's a whole underwater world to be explored. Just make sure you watch the videos first. Belize is a beautiful country. There are rainforests, beaches, and the Belize Barrier Reef is right off the coast. In the mid-20th century, coastal resorts started to pop up in Belize. They were basically fishing lodges with beachfront accommodations that catered to travelers, fishermen, and divers who were looking for somewhere new to explore. People were fascinated by the Barrier Reef and all the marine life. As more tourists started to arrive, beachfront accommodations began to develop and grow. Small-scale resorts and hotels were built to cater more to vacationers looking for relaxation, sunbathing, and beach activities. The Belize Barrier Reef is part of the Mesoamerican Barrier Reef System, and it's the second largest coral reef system in the world, the largest being the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. The indigenous people of Belize were obviously aware of the reef's existence long before the arrival of European explorers, but the Europeans were the ones that started documenting and researching the reef as we know it today. British pirate John Glover is believed to have been the first European to document the reef in the early 17th century. Then in the mid-19th century, British hydrographer and naval officer John Dundas Thompson made detailed charts and maps of the reef. We get a lot of valuable information about the features and extent of it because of this. 
In the 1970s, French oceanographer Jacques Cousteau played a significant role in making the reef a very popular place to visit. His expedition on the Calypso showed the reef's beauty through documentaries and photographs. This attracted global attention and promoted conservation of the reef to maintain it for the future. And Belize is not just beaches. There is so much to see. Belize is home to several ancient Maya ruins, most notable Altun Ha, which was first excavated in 1963. It was a city that was home to more than 10,000 people, and there are about 13 different structures. Visitors can actually climb most of them, and it's an easy day trip from Belize City. The Cayo District in western Belize is known for lush rainforests, stunning waterfalls, and archaeological sites. And it's also home to a network of amazing caves in Octun Tunichu Munao. I think that's how you say it. And there you can find a cave filled with skeletons of people that were sacrificed to appease the angry gods over 1,100 years ago. But the craziest thing is that the bones are actually sparkling from centuries of calcium deposits. The skeletons range across the board in age and most met with a pretty horrific death. Even strangers that many of the youngest skeletons had their skulls shaped, giving their heads an elongated alien look. The most famous skeleton is called the Crystal Maiden, and it's actually the sparkling skeleton of a 17-year-old boy. They originally thought it was a female before they had the chance to examine it a little closer. Because of how the bones are positioned, they determined he had a particularly violent death. To reach the cave, it's quite an adventure that includes hiking, wading through streams, and even swimming through certain sections of the cave. If you go, you must hire a private guide and remember to bring socks because in some parts of the cave, shoes are not allowed. Also, no cameras, cell phones, food, or backpacks are allowed in the cave. Oh, and one last thing. The cave is filled with spiders, some of them quite large. Guys, I absolutely hate spiders, but I'd still make the journey to see the sparkling skeletons. Belize City is the largest city and the former capital. They have the Belize Museum, St. John's Cathedral, and the Belize City Swing Bridge, which is one of the few bridges in the world operated by hand. And it connects the north and south side of the city. It's an iconic landmark that you don't want to miss. Our victim in this episode, Allison McKenzie, spent a month traveling through Belize, seeing the sights and shopping for her vacation home. She went missing while visiting Rendezvous Key, a private island that's just really a little patch of sand with a few palm trees on it. It's amazing for scuba and snorkeling, and in fact, on a sunny day, there's a visibility of 80 feet when diving. Now, when I say this is a small island, I mean it's really, really just a tiny piece of land. The whole island is around two acres with about 10 palm trees, a few hut-like structures, and a dock. It's about 21 miles southeast of Belize City by boat. And there are over 450 little islands off the coast of Belize, so it's just one of many. But this tiny island is perfectly placed right along the coral reef, and it looks like an oasis in the middle of the sea. It has deep waters on one side of the island and shallower, snorkeling waters on the other. A lot of tourists take people there for a day trip, and several tourists take people for an overnight camping trip. It costs about $600 for a three-day sailing and camping trip through several islands, including a night in Rendezvous Key. I would take that tour in a heartbeat, but it might be a trip I'd want to go on with a friend for safety reasons. I don't usually do solo adventures in hiking or boats because, well, you just never know. I take a lot of risks when I travel, but I always try to stick to my safety boundaries. But our victim today, Allison McKenzie, was not alone when she went on her adventure to Belize. 
Let's get down to the facts in this case. Hey guys, I hope you're all enjoying the Last Trip podcast. I'm excited to tell you about my bikini company, The Boyfriend Bikini. Now, I love traveling, especially to warm tropical beaches, and I found myself always searching for the perfect travel bikini. Something sexy, great for any occasion, and easy to stuff in my bag when I'm on the go. So I took all the best bikini ideas, worked with a fashion designer in Paris and a manufacturer in Bali to create my new swimwear company, The Boyfriend Bikini. You know that saying about how girls level up after a relationship ends? They travel more, get hotter, and start a new business? Well, that's exactly what I did. The Boyfriend Bikini is about taking control of your happiness, personal growth, and being a total girl boss. I've named each bikini after a type of man I know, good and bad, because each one helped me grow into who I am today. When you order your favorite Boyfriend Bikini, you'll get the story behind the man that inspired that bikini. And because you listened to the last trip, I'm giving you 10% off your order by using code TRAVEL. Also, a portion of all sales will go to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Just go to theboyfriendbikini.com and use code TRAVEL to get 10% off your order. That's theboyfriendbikini.com, code TRAVEL to get 10% off your order. Happy traveling! Alison McKenzie was a 43-year-old woman from Prescott, Arizona, who was on vacation in Belize with her boyfriend, 58-year-old Paige Rote. Allison was born in Oxford, New Jersey, but lived in Prescott, Arizona since around 1988. She has two adult daughters, Madeline and Riley. Her daughter, Madeline, lives in Prescott as well and went to North Point Expeditionary Learning Academy and was working at a pizza restaurant while Allison was in Belize. Madeline has been more outspoken than Riley about her mom's disappearance, regularly posting on social media and asking the public for help. After her mom disappeared, Madeline posted on Facebook and said, This doesn't even feel real. Please send your prayers, whatever you believe in, to my mom. She has to come home. Please. I can only imagine the utter despair and disbelief Allison's daughters felt when they learned their mom had gone missing in a foreign country. Being so far away and unable to do anything must be one of the worst feelings for these family members. Allison's mother, Cherry McKenzie, and sister Jody Dixon were constantly in the media trying to find out what happened. They kept the searches going as long as they could and used all their resources to try to find Allison. She was extremely loved and immediately missed by her family. Allison came to Belize after the deaths of her father and stepfather the year before. She needed this vacation to take a break and find peace. Grief is a hard thing to get past, and it takes a lot of time to start feeling normal again. So this trip was probably exactly what she needed. Getting away and out of your life for a while, especially in that tropical sun, that's the best way to heal. The original trip was supposed to be six months, leaving Arizona in December 2019 with a plan to come back in May 2020. That would give them more than enough time to explore Belize and get acclimated there, as well as to find the perfect spot for their new vacation home. I don't think this was Allison's first time in Belize, although I couldn't find anything saying she'd been there before, but most people look for vacation homes in places they enjoy and have visited before. Like I mentioned, Allison was with her boyfriend, Paige Rote. But interestingly, this guy is almost non-existent online. 
There's virtually nothing about him other than news sources saying he was originally from Colorado and is a musician. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have much of an online presence, but honestly, I find it kind of weird and a little untrustworthy. I always check up on people when I meet them, just to make sure they're who they say they are. For example, I met a guy on a dating app a couple months ago who seemed pretty cool. We chatted for a while on the app and then met up in person, and he was acting way too mysterious. He said he was a working musician, owns some minor league baseball teams, and collects classic cars, but then wouldn't even tell me his last name. After a bit of research and a little genius on my part, I was able to find his last name, but when I searched him, he literally had zero online presence. Really, that's a huge red flag, because I don't know any musicians that don't have some kind of an internet presence. So needless to say, being that Paige wrote was a musician, it's definitely interesting that he doesn't have any online presence. But that wasn't the only red flag that came up when I researched him. What was Allison's vacation like before vanishing from a tiny little island off the coast of Belize? Before vanishing, Allison's vacation seemed to be going really well. Everything seemed to be going as planned for the couple. They were seeing the sights and soaking up the great weather. Allison had been riding home to her sister, saying she truly loved the country of Belize and it was absolutely beautiful there, that she was having a great time and was very happy. There was nothing out of the ordinary in her correspondence to her family. On January 15th, 2020, Allison and Paige left the mainland for a three-day boating and camping tour to some of the small islands off the coast. They chose the tour company Ragamuffin Tours, which by all accounts was a very popular and well-liked tour company that had been in business for a number of years doing this trip with all types of tourists. The Ragamuffin Tours website said that the tour accesses the remote or inaccessible parts of Belize's reef where most people like to snorkel and fish. It begins at Kikalker and ends in Dengringa. They have a catamaran and stay within the inner reef where the water is calmer. The trip lasts three days and passengers camp in tents on Rendezvous Key the first night and Raga Key the second night, while visiting Goffs Key or English Key, Tobacco Key, and Southwater Key along the way. Kikalker is one of the more well-known islands that a lot of people visit. It's located just a few miles off the coast of Belize City, and it's more budget-friendly and laid-back than some of the bigger islands nearby. Goff's Key is basically a one-acre patch of white sand that a lot of boat tours stop at for a snorkel since the water is usually calm and it's close to the reef. English Key is just a tiny lighthouse on a patch of sand. Tobacco Key is a little bigger at about five acres and a year-round population of 30. There are no televisions or public phones and it's entirely off-grid. South Water Key is another private island that many boat tours stop at and it's pretty much a 15-acre resort. Raga Key is a privately owned island by the tour company Ragamuffin Tours. I've seen conflicting reports on whether this key was nice to stay at, with most being average to not great. But really, how bad can an island off the coast of Belize be? On the tour that Allison and Paige attended, there were 14 to 16 passengers in the group and a three-person crew. From all the reviews I've read, Ragamuffin Tours was kind of a party tour with lots of drinks and loud music during the boat ride. There's not much information about the other passengers that were on the tour, and after reading through the whole case, I'm not even sure they were interviewed after Allison went missing. After the first day of boating, the tour stopped at Rendezvous Key to camp for the night, and this is where Allison went missing. 
And guys, there is not much in the reports. Basically, Paige went to bed around 10 p.m., and that's the last time he saw Allison. What I don't know is whether she went to the tent to go to bed with him, he fell asleep, and when he woke up, she was gone, or he went to bed without her, and when he woke up, she was gone. It was widely reported by the tour officials that Allison was heavily intoxicated and acting erratically that evening. They said she was behaving suspiciously. There are a couple reasons this piece of information is totally out of place. First of all, in nothing I read did her boyfriend Paige ever say anything about her being drunk or acting out of character in any way. This only came from the tour operators. Second, Allison's sister categorically denied that she would have been drunk because she didn't drink more than a drink here and there and she'd actually never even seen her sister drunk. It sounds like the tour officials are trying to set this up so whether they know what happened to Allison or not, whatever it was, it would have been Allison's fault. It's basic victim shaming. I am so hesitant to believe that she was drunk or acting in any way outside of her character. Also, we hear these stories a lot when talking about women involved in a crime or missing persons case, that they were acting crazy, erratic, suspicious, drunk. These are the types of words people use to set the tone in order to blame the victim. And it's even easier when they do it to a woman. Beyond the fact that her sister said she didn't drink is the fact they were serving rum punch in the boat all day. I've had rum punch in many countries, and I can tell you it's pretty difficult to get drunk from it. And I'm a total lightweight. The rum in these countries normally has less alcohol percentage than in the U.S., and they often water it down to save money, especially on a tour like this. It's much easier to get a stomach ache from these drinks than to actually get drunk. But back to our timeline. Her boyfriend Paige was the last person to see her at 10 p.m. on Friday, January 17th. And when he woke up at 6 a.m. on Saturday, January 18th, he told the boat captain that she was missing. But it's not that simple. Because conflicting stories started coming out about when Allison was last seen and by whom. Allison's sister Jody told Seven News Belize that a woman named Charlie, who was on the same tour as Allison, told her over the phone that the captain of Ragamuffin Tours was the last person to see her sister before her disappearance, and that the captain walked her back to her tent at about 2.30 a.m. and told her she shouldn't be out at night and made sure she got back to her tent. Allison's family said it actually wouldn't have been unusual for Allison to be walking on the beach after everyone went to bed because she loved the ocean. But... She was afraid to swim in the ocean. A couple things to unravel here. Allison's family said she was afraid to swim in the ocean. And if you're afraid to swim in the ocean, you're definitely not going in the ocean at night. Another big detail is this woman, Charlie. Charlie does not go on the tours and was not on the tour that night. Instead, Charlie is the woman who owned the tour company with her husband, who was on the tour. And I found out a lot more about Charlie in my research, but we'll come back to that. When Paige reported Allison missing on Saturday morning, they looked all around, which I imagine didn't take long, since you could see the entire island from virtually anywhere you'd be standing. When they didn't find any sign of her, they notified the authorities. In the days following, Regamuffin Tours told the news that they were deeply distressed and concerned about Allison's whereabouts and had been in touch with her family. Regamuffin Tours was reported to be cooperating fully with law enforcement officers in their investigation into the incident, and the company stated, we have given the police department comprehensive details of all passengers and met with our crew. We are aware that extensive interviews have been conducted by the police at Rendezvous Key and Key Culker. Nowhere in any reports online did her boyfriend give any type of press release, nor was there any mention of him talking to any news stations. 
I think that's odd. If someone I was with disappeared from our vacation, I'd be at the forefront of that investigation. I'd be on every single news channel doing everything I could do to help. It's possible he was just a shy person, or it's also possible he knew a lot more than what he was letting on. But the news stations reported quite quickly that he was not a person of interest in Allison's disappearance. Her family also reported they felt he had nothing to do with her disappearance and he was just as devastated as they were. But guys, how often is the significant other to blame in a mysterious disappearance? We all know the statistics. I really wonder if they looked hard enough into her boyfriend and his story. If he last saw her at 10 p.m. when he went to sleep, how did he not notice she wasn't there until 6 a.m.? It's hard to sleep that soundly in a tent in a place you've never been in a foreign country. I can't believe he didn't wake up at some point in those eight hours and realize she wasn't in the tent with him. But I'm not privy to all the information the police had and they, along with her family, completely cleared him of doing anything wrong. Her family was quick to join the search for Allison and were working with the Belize police, the American embassy, and the tour company owner. Eventually, the FBI and Belize Coast Guard also joined in the search. The family wanted to know who else was on the catamaran tour in case they had any other information that could help, but said they had no idea where those people may live or even how to find them. This contradicted the statements from police that they had found and interviewed everyone from the tour. The first conclusion authorities came to was that Allison somehow drowned and assumed she was dead after searching for 48 hours and finding nothing. They said she somehow ended up in the ocean and was simply gone. But it really nags at me that her family said while she loved being near the water, she was scared to swim in the ocean. I just don't think she got in the water and drowned. Someone who's scared of the ocean would never go in it at night, and definitely not alone. Also, if she decided to go swimming, she wouldn't have gone in her clothes, but none of the clothes she was wearing that night or her shoes were ever found. From looking at all the photos and videos, there wasn't really anywhere she could have fallen off the island. There were no cliffs or anything like that. It was a sandy, shallow beach except at the dock, but the dock wasn't very long. It's possible she could have walked out to the dock that night, perhaps to get in the boat. Maybe she wanted to sleep in the boat rather than the tent or forgot something she needed in there and fell trying to get in. But it was reported that the crew slept in the boat. If she fell off the dock, they would have seen or heard her. Because she went missing on a tiny island, it was likely the ocean had something to do with her disappearance or the reason they couldn't find her body. Authorities expanded their search all the way to Alligator Key, located several nautical miles south. They even used a second search and rescue unit to maximize the chances of finding her, but all efforts were fruitless. On Wednesday, January 22nd, the BCG Lieutenant Rock Canoel told the media that they had wrapped up their search. He said, We have now conducted the search mission. It has been five days, and we think the chance of survival is nil. Our search policy is 72 hours, but we had extended it for another day. On January 23rd, 2020, Chester Williams, commissioner of police, said in an interview, We're not sure, but it can be assumed that she might have left her tent and went into the sea and something happened. There are watchmen on the island and they've been interviewed by the police and have shared some information, but I don't want to take that information public. That's the only time authorities having more information was mentioned in all my research. I really wonder what that information might have been. Also, the only time it was mentioned that there was anyone else on the island other than the tour group and the crew. Who were these watchmen? And were they actually on the island? The investigation into Allison's disappearance has a lot of holes in it. 
I'm sure they did everything they felt they could with the information that they had, but it definitely wasn't good enough. Allison was gone in the night and there were absolutely no answers as to why. The real question is, did they look into Allison's disappearance as well as they could have? I do not think so. I started researching the tour company and found a few interesting tidbits. First of all, the company is now closed and no longer running as of August 2022. It was originally owned by a husband and wife team who got divorced. After the divorce, they went their separate ways and the female owner, Charlie, the same Charlie from before that said she was on the boat tour but wasn't, started a new company called Rega Sailing Adventure. When I went to the website, I noticed most of the reviews were four or five stars, but not all of them. I started with the one-star reviews. The very first one I read was left in October 2022, after the company had closed its doors in August of 2022. They said to take the Rega Sailing Adventure instead because they employ all the same people that the Ragamuffin Tours did except the boss's husband, who was awful and made very inappropriate and rude passes at younger girls. This was the same person, the boat captain, who was the last person to see Allison. Other reviews said the boat was in terrible condition, toilet seats were broken, floors were busted, tags were expired, and no safety briefing or life jackets. Complaints that there were not enough tents on the island, that they had to sleep in beds on the beach, and used towels as blankets. One review said they ran out of gas on the way back and floated aimlessly in the sea for five hours before being rescued. One person told a story about accidentally leaving someone on one of the islands, and when the crew was asked where the person was, they said he wanted to stay on the island. That obviously doesn't sound right because the island was tiny and had no food, water, or shelter. There were complaints that the captain was constantly smoking weed, used inappropriate language, and got flustered easily. Also that it was too much of a party boat and the crew was just as intoxicated as the rest of the group. There were even more complaints about the crew hitting on women. There was one story about a caretaker on Rega Key entering a cabana containing two female guests and standing drunkenly over them in the middle of the night. Another complaint that the snorkeling guide was more interested in flirting and touching the girls than showing the reef or exploring the fauna. One particular review left not long before Allison went on tour was titled, Females Beware, Otherwise Have Fun. This woman said she was harassed by a man named Vito, who put his hands on her, although she repeatedly told him no and pulled away from him. The captain had to step in and tell him to leave her alone. She said she spoke with the tourism board and found out there was a history of this behavior from ragamuffin tours. Perhaps the most damning review was that a crew member named Mike had placed his phone where the camera faced an open hole in the wall facing the toilet and recorded 48 minutes of everyone on board using the bathroom. A girl found the phone, opened it, and watched the footage. As horrifying as most of these one-star reviews were, the responses from the owner were even worse. Every response was Charlie saying the reviewer was lying or they were drunk so they didn't remember what actually happened. She was victim-blaming in every single response and bullying the reviewer, telling them to take it down, they were liars, and no one should believe them. She said none of her employees would ever do anything like what the reviewers were saying because she personally knew them. That is so fishy to me. Although the company says it's permanently closed online, in reality, everyone except the husband is still at the company, just under a different name. 
several ideas on what really happened to Allison after researching this case. I think the most likely theory is that someone caused her disappearance, either her boyfriend, the boat captain, or someone else from the tour or crew. I don't think the people with her that night were looked into enough. And I'm not the only one that feels this way. One comment on a YouTube news video about the incident was someone with the handle Spearfishing Shack wrote, Her boyfriend did it. They came with me on the same tour two years before this happened. This time, her boyfriend knew the tour and how to do this crime. He is an alcoholic, was drunk before the tour and during the tour. He almost fought another guest and I had to break it up. She was embarrassed and hid inside the boat the whole time. Sad that this happened to that lady, but I know he was definitely involved. Another comment said that her boyfriend had killed before. People said her boyfriend didn't seem upset by her disappearance, but instead seemed cocky, like he thought he was above the law or smarter than the law. Some people thought he might have been having money problems because it didn't seem like he worked, but rather that Allison was supporting him. I have no clue what his financial situation was, but it wouldn't be the first time someone murdered for money. I'm partial to blaming the boyfriend, especially because if this was a romantic vacation, why didn't she go to bed in the tent with him? What events led up to him going to bed alone and she was left wandering around outside if that's what they're saying happened? There were times I was on vacation with my ex that I would wait till he passed out drunk before I'd go to bed because I was scared of him. If Allison was scared of Paige and doing the same thing, then they should have looked closer at him and their relationship. I'd really like to know more about the boyfriend and their relationship. People are really good at hiding abusive relationships, but if Allison was being abused, someone out there would have known. But what if it wasn't the boyfriend? Another comment on a news video said, the captain of the boat was the last to see her. He has everything to do with this and should be searched, followed, etc. I believe she was on the boat and the boat was not searched. I don't know, but I believe the captain has all to do with this and lies about her drinking. With the follow-up comment from someone else that says, absolutely, I heard he supposedly walked her to her tent and if that's the case, you know it's total BS. Captains have a lot of authority and power and remember, he's a man in uniform. If it was the captain, I can almost guarantee this was not the first time somebody went missing when he was on board. Guys, I really question the captain's account of what happened. He knew this tiny island well, meaning he could have known where to put a body so no one would ever find it. Not to mention all the complaints about him being inappropriate with women. Even if the captain wasn't trying to hurt her, someone commented that she could have gone in the water with the captain, something happened to her, she drowned, and he saved himself then made up the story about walking her back to the tent. You'd think if something happened, she would have screamed, or he would have called out to her something would have been heard by someone, but maybe the sound of the ocean and the waves covered any noise they might have made. Again, though, her family said she was scared of swimming in the ocean, so I don't think she would have willingly gotten in. If the bow captain had walked her back to her tent like he said, and she went inside, she would have had to do it quietly enough so her boyfriend didn't wake up. It's a tent. I do not see that happening. And then she would have had to leave the tent again after the captain walked away and her boyfriend still didn't wake up. No one is that deep of a sleeper. He would have heard her coming in and going from the tent. Someone is lying. Many of the comments were about her falling into the water and drowning or going swimming and being attacked by sharks. There are a lot of sharks in the area, but most are non-aggressive and there are tourists in the water every day that aren't attacked. 
That certainly doesn't mean a shark didn't attack her, but we also know that sharks don't take the whole body. So parts of her would have been found if she had been attacked. Could it be possible that she went for a walk along the beach after everyone went to sleep, a boat came up, docked, and someone kidnapped her? Well, there's a lot of holes in that theory. First, I think someone would have heard something. Boats have motors and people were sleeping in thin tents, and she would have made some kind of noise if she was being kidnapped. Also, the crew was sleeping in the boat at the dock, and there's only one dock for boats, so the crew would definitely know if another boat arrived. And even if a boat did arrive undetected, why would they think they'd find someone they'd want to kidnap walking along the beach at that time? And finally, there were no ransom calls or anything of the sort. Reddit theories include being drugged earlier in the night and taken for a crime ring, which would explain her erratic behavior if that account was true. But then, who was in on it? The boyfriend? The captain? The crew? My favorite Reddit thread said, I was on the island of Key Culker when news broke that a tourist was missing. The locals were saying they think she had some drugs in her system and maybe an alligator got her if she was walking around late at night. It put a chill down our spine for the rest of the trip. Well, it's actually crocodiles and not alligators in Belize. If one did attack her that night, that would be the reason they never found her body. Because unlike sharks, crocodiles will take an entire body. I don't think Allison killed herself or left the island to start a new life. Nothing in that scenario adds up to who Allison was, and it was never a theory put forth by anyone she knew or the authorities. One thing for sure, if there was foul play, and I definitely think there was, someone on that island with her was to blame. I found red flags with the captain and crew of the boat as well as the boyfriend. While it's often someone you know, I'm actually leaning toward the captain of the boat having a role in Allison's disappearance and likely murder. Mostly because I think his wife knew or assumed he had something to do with it and that's why she was lying for him saying she was on the tour when she wasn't. She was trying to paint him as a knight in shining armor, saying Allison was drunk, wandering around, and the captain found her and took her back to her tent at 2.30 a.m. She literally places him at the scene, even though no one else can say whether this was true because her boyfriend never woke up when she supposedly entered the tent. Also, a lot of the tour complaints were about the captain being inappropriate with women. Maybe he tried to assault Allison and took it too far this time, or she fought back, or he thought he was going to get caught if he let her live. What do you guys think happened? Was it the boyfriend, the captain of the boat, an accident, or something else? Let me know your thoughts on this one, because I'm pretty stumped. You can find me on Instagram at The Last Trip Crime Pod, or join Patreon at The Last Trip Podcast. What are ways you can stay safe traveling to Belize? The first thing you should always do before you travel to a new country is to research the country, the culture, and the customs. Familiarize yourself with the local laws, customs, and any potential risks. Stay updated on any travel advisories or warnings issued by your government or the Belizean government. Belize has a rich cultural heritage and it's important to respect local customs and traditions. Dress modestly, particularly when visiting religious or rural areas. Be polite and considerate towards locals and ask for permission before taking photos of people. Your Instagram photo is not worth making other people feel uncomfortable and possibly putting you in a dangerous situation. 
It's important to Belizean culture to remove your hat when entering someone's home and always address people with titles like Mr., Mrs., or Miss. There's a cultural emphasis on respecting elders in Belize, so be mindful of this as well. Also, Belize law requires individuals to carry identification on them at all times. While this might not be unusual in some places, it's crucial for visitors to have proper identification on hand. Failure to produce it when requested by law enforcement could result in fines or other consequences. Tipping is customary in Belize. It's common to leave a tip of around 10 to 15% in restaurants. Stay aware of natural hazards in Belize. The country is prone to hurricanes and tropical storms. Stay informed about weather conditions, particularly during hurricane season, which is June to November. Overall, Belize is a safe country to travel, whether you're traveling solo as a couple or in a group. Just be sure to stay informed, use common sense, and always be aware. Belize has a gorgeous coastline and there's a lot to do in the ocean, but we all know the ocean can be extremely dangerous. If you decide to go on a boat tour to the islands like Allison did, be sure to choose a reputable tour operator. Don't always go with the cheapest one and make sure to read all the reviews. Every time I'm taking any tour, I start reading the one-star reviews and go up from there. Select a licensed tour operator that adheres to safety regulations and has experienced guides. Be aware that the same safety regulations in Belize are not always the same ones you're used to in your home country. Always wear a life jacket. I know it's not comfortable and it sucks for tan lines, but it can save your life. Even if you're a great swimmer, you don't know the boat operator or the condition of the boat you're going to be in, so life jacket will literally save your life. As much as you think you know about the tour you're going on, listen to the safety briefings and instructions. Listen when they tell you about emergency procedures and location of safety equipment. In an emergency, hopefully your brain will be able to bring that back into view. Avoid overcrowded boats. There are a lot of tour operators that will overbook a boat, but overloading can compromise the stability and safety of the vessel. When you're on the boat, stay seated, hold on to handrails, or designated grab bars for stability. I've seen amazing photos on Instagram of gorgeous girls hanging off the sides of these boats. Do not be that person. It's dangerous and kind of stupid. Watch out for wildlife, both to keep yourself and the environment safe. There are sharks, crocodiles, stingrays, moray eels, lionfish, and jellyfish in the water. On land, beware of the Ferdinand's snake, considered one of the most dangerous snakes in Central America. Jaguars, which are typically elusive and avoid humans. Black howler monkeys, which are not inherently dangerous but can become aggressive if threatened. Scorpions and lots of poisonous spiders are also in Belize. Stay out of the sun. Once you're on the water, that sun hits hard. Bring sunscreen, hats, and extra clothes so you don't get burnt because that's a surefire way to ruin a vacation. Along those lines, always travel with your own snacks and water to stay hydrated. Most boats will have food and water, but it's better to be safe than sorry and won't take up much room in your bag. Don't drink too much on tour boats. I know, I know, I am no fun. Usually they'll offer up quite a bit of alcohol to get the party going once you get on, but it's a whole new level of drunk when you're throwing up over the edge of the boat. Also, a lot more mistakes happen when alcohol is involved. If you do drink, make sure you see the bottle being opened before it's mixed in because alcohol can go bad for three main reasons, light, heat, and oxygen. If you're lucky, bad alcohol will just make you sick, but it can potentially kill you. 
And guys, tell people where you are. My parents have the location on my cell phone 24-7. And I also send them any added info when I'm traveling, like hotels or hostels, tours, locations, and even a photo and name of people I meet if I'm going to be alone with them. Whenever you're traveling, always inform someone about your plans before going anywhere. Tell someone reliable where you're going and what you'll be doing and when to expect you back. And my number one tip for staying alive on vacation is to pay attention to your gut. If something doesn't feel right, it isn't. Allison was 43 years old at the time of her disappearance, had long dark hair, brown eyes, and several tattoos, including a large one on her shoulder going down her upper arm. Allison McKenzie went missing while on a boat tour operated by Ragamuffin Tours with her boyfriend staying overnight in Rendezvous Key, Belize on early Saturday morning of January 18, 2020. Although the case of Allison McKenzie is officially closed, anyone with information should call their nearest police station or you can dial 922 or use the P3 app on your phone. It's also an option to visit p3tips.com with any anonymous tip. You can also go to crimestoppersbelize.org. And finally, remember to leave a review and rate this podcast five stars if you like the show, or hell, even if you don't. But either way, feel free to let me know what you think. Please follow The Last Trip on Instagram at The Last Trip Crime Pod and subscribe on Patreon to support the show. You'll get extra research, videos, photos, and updates, and even learn about my personal travels. That's patreon.com slash the last trip podcast. I'm Jamie Beebe, bringing you your last trip and signing off until the next one. Thanks for listening.